you want to start with the one from yesterday, Andrea? The equanimity question. That's what I was thinking. It's a good, good topic for today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the question that was typed in, I think, I, I didn't actually copy or save the chat, but I think it was, what is the meaning of equanimity? And so I'll speak about it from two ways, um, what the meaning is, so what's the kind of definition, how do we understand equanimity, and then a little bit about what it is to experience equanimity, because as with everything in our practice, what we speak about, how we speak about it, everything comes back to what we're experiencing. Um, so the words, the language around what we describe are kind of pointings to what is possible to, to experience. So equanimity, um, there's a couple of different um, places it comes in. One, one place it comes in is in the set of the four um, Brahma-viharas. So it's understood as a kind of an emotional quality of mind connected with love, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Um, we could think of these four as kind of being how the heart that is not clinging is emotionally responding to the world with connectedness, that love, with compassion when there's suffering in the world, with joy when there's wonderful things happening in the world, and with equanimity or balance of mind that can hold all of it. So the equanimity there is this kind of ability to hold the range of experience without veering into reactivity around the joys and the sorrows. And yet that non-reactivity, you know, embedded in the, the understanding of equanimity being in the Brahma-viharas, that, uh, that balance of mind, that non-reactivity, doesn't mean indifference. It's connectedness, it's the love and the compassion. The equanimity allows the love and the compassion to become more um, uh, strengthened so that we are not reacting to the joys and the sorrows with greed and aversion, but with love and compassion. So equanimity provides the container to allow us to respond with skillfulness rather than react with greed and aversion and delusion. And so we could say one way to explore equanimity is like that state of mind that is there when greed, aversion, and delusion are not present. But it is not a place of flatness or indifference. It's a place of fullness. Then it also comes into the, um, the enlightenment factors the last of the enlightenment factors, mindfulness, investigation, energy, rapture, tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. And here it's understood as kind of the, the fruition of our practice of, of cultivating Mindful awareness, curious about what's here, engaged with energy to connect to experience. So the first, the first set is kind of about, the, the Brahma-vihara set is about our relationship to the world, how we relate to, so the relational quality of, of 
the uh, the falling away of greed, aversion, and delusion, and how equanimity plays into that relational quality. In the seven factors of awakening, we could say it's more about how we are with our internal experience. And we do begin to see that there, you know, everything that's arising, even our relational experience, is an experience that's happening internally. <laughs> you know, that that uh, all that we know of the world is what's happening in here. And so the, the seven factors is pointing us to be aware, mindful, with interest and engagement, the first three. Connecting to experience allows us to um, kind of have this, the, the, third, the, the fourth one, um, interest, um, PT is often translated as joy, but it also means a kind of a rapt interest. So the, the mind really connecting to experience. And then a, a kind of a tranquilizing or settling of the energy around that is the calming. And the concentration builds as we, um, as we stay connected to experience. And with that concentration, that stability of mindfulness moment to moment, we talked about how as the mindfulness gets stable moment to moment, there's not a lot of room for reactivity to what's coming up moment to moment. So that mind that's concentrated and able to know what's here, able to see how the attention shifts and know the experience, non-reactive to what is arising in our experience, that again is equanimity, this non-reactivity. Some other words might be balance of mind, um, non-contentiousness, um, peace and yet again that you know, those words can imply a kind of a uh, flatness sometimes but the experience when we are in equanimity about what is happening moment to moment has that quality of intimacy the mind is not reacting to what's happening it's connected to what's happening so we could pull back in the Brahma Viharas and, and kind of recognize that we have the flavor of loving awareness, compassionate awareness, joyful awareness with balance, meeting experience. And so the experience of equanimity is one of um, kind of standing in the middle, I think uh, the poem that Pam read kind of evoked that quality of the tree standing, you know, that, that uh, the quality of standing and not being kind of swept away by what's happening, but also meeting what's happening. So the quality of equanimity is one of allowing non-reactivity and yet connected. So I think that's, that's good enough, I think since we don't have that much time, that much more time. You're muted, Pam. Pam, you're muted. Thank you. There's one other question that came in um, that I wrote down in brief, so I don't have the, the all of the words, but I think it was uh, directed to the talk last night. And the question was something like, 
how does seeing beauty, which I spoke to, uh, emerge more fully as we practice mindfulness? Um, so I just will start with a little bit of a warning that we, we, we want to be careful about um, any kind of expectations that we have <laughs> that we bring into what should be happening. Um, and yet, there is a way in which there's a, a kind of arc in, the, in a retreat like this. There's an arc in the path in our lives that in some ways I think it really follows what Andrea spoke to uh, two days ago around this um, presence and absence and that most of the time our awareness, our attention goes to things that are kind of big and loud. <laughs> and, and certainly we know there's a tendency to go toward pain, difficulty, etc. Not that we necessarily go toward it in the sense of um, wanting it, but that our attention gets pulled there. And as we practice mindfulness and we learn to become more and more skillful in working with difficult kinds of experiences, physical, emotional, mental, relational, we also begin to become more aware of um, what I would call it a single word beauty, but really when Andrea talked about it as this, this um, interplay between the hindrances, seeing these difficult states that arise, the presence of those, and in the absence of those, as they quiet down, we begin to see what she was just speaking to, which are the seven factors of awakening. We begin to see um, other qualities of joy, of equanimity, of beauty that often we just overlook, we don't see. And so, at least for me, there's a way in which as we move along the path and we cultivate this capacity, this mindful, this ability to be mindful of our experience, we also begin to see uh, not whatever our habitual way of seeing is. <laughs> we begin to see things that in a different way and we begin to see different aspects of our experience that we may not have seen before. I remember very early in my practice, I had a teacher who said something like, we come to practice, or what fuels our practice in the beginning is fear. Well, we could say fear, we could say pain, Difficulty is often what brings us to practice. But he said, what keeps us in the practice as we continue is love. So we may come in from a place of ouch, but ouch isn't enough to sustain us all the time. That ouch is, is met with all the qualities Andrea was just speaking of with compassion, with equanimity, with 
beautiful qualities of heart and mind.